Hello, what is up? This is Hussein Talib, host of the Success Grade podcast, streaming now on Amazon Music. Inspiring stories of entrepreneurs and business education to help you raise the standards to achieve greatness. Find and follow the Success Grade podcast in the Amazon Music app to get every episode now. Hello and welcome Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast with your host Hossein Talib. My guest today, her name is Anastasia Lipsky. She knows what it takes to book speakers and podcast guests. As a f- the founder of Access Speakers, a full-service agency, she has booked over 1,500 engagements for her clients. She helps business owners brand themselves to generate more influence, awareness, and definitely more clients. Anastasia Welcome to the Success Great Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I love having the opportunity to talk about anything related to speaking, podcast guesting, how to get booked, all that kind of stuff, because it is my passion. Awesome, awesome to have you. So first of all, tell us about why are you passionate about this topic, podcasting and having guests on shows and this kind of medium of, let's say, business or marketing or being close to people, I I would say also? Well, it's kind of for a few reasons. One is that I see the value of it as a marketing tool. I actually strongly believe that speaking and, and now podcast guesting is one of the best marketing tools that's out there, in particular for people where they are the product, they are the service, because when you are speaking or doing an interview on a podcast, people can get a sense for who you are and what you're about. It's almost like sample advertising, which is the most effective form of advertising that's out there because they really are getting a taste, right? For who you are and what you're about. And, And people will either resonate with you or not, you know, so we can never get, have attachment to how people are going to respond. But when you are speaking and you are doing it from your heart and you're doing it to bless the audience, not to pitch your stuff, but to truly educate people about what you are a subject matter expert in and one would assume passionate about, there are going to be people that are going to, you know, in essence, resonate with what you're saying. And then they're going to want to work with you. You know, if, if you doesn't matter what it is, like if you sell widgets, And you are out there educating people as to why they need widgets in their lives. Not saying your widgets are the best, just widgets, get widgets. There are going to be people who are going to be like, oh my gosh, I, how was my life complete without having a widget in my life? And who do they want to get it from? But the person that just educated them about it. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really powerful as a marketing tool. The other part of it is just that I'm a firm believer that if a person has something to share and it would be a value to the world if they don't share it they're doing the world a disservice you know because they're holding it to themselves and it may be something that can help people grow their business it may be something that's going to help people in their personal lives their relationships their health their their spiritual space like so many different things that people can talk about and and I'm I'm I love storytelling and I love hearing stories. And to me, this is just an extension of storytelling. But for some people, it's it's um it's targeted, if you will. Yeah. You know, you can use your storytelling in a very specific manner and and be strategic 
in your storytelling that's going to help support you in your business growth, or maybe you want to be a professionally paid speaker, but you got to pay your dues on the free circuit first. So when that happens, then, you know, you need to get the visibility. You need to be out there. We all know that we like to buy from people we know, like, and trust. Exactly. Yes. And one of the best ways to develop that relationship, to build influence, uh, gain credibility, all of that, not to mention the law of familiarity. So the more you're out there and the more people see your name, there is an assumed trust that comes with that. All of those things help support people in their business building or their path to becoming a professionally paid speaker or just wanting to get their stories out there. Yeah. Because for some people, that's that's all it's about. So yeah. I love the platform. So, so do, do you believe or do you think that any kind of business, whatever it is, uh, should have uh, speaking engagements or being or having a podcast, any type of business? I believe so. Yes. And it, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was once doing a talk many, many years ago. It was for a Rotary Club. And I shared that, you know, that I believe no matter what your business is, that you can be growing it through your speaking. Yeah. And there was this one table that started to chuckle. And I'm like, wait, what did I say? You know, and they're like, well, yeah, not not so and so here because his business, there's no way speaking is going to help him with his business. I said, what is it? And they said, he has a funeral home, a mortuary. Oh, OK. And they said, yeah. like, all his that's, clients are that's dead. That's very interesting, actually. Right. And, and I was like, wait a second. No, his clients are not dead. His clients are the people that have lost a loved one. So yeah. what if, what if you were to go out there and start at least locally talking about what to do to be prepared when the unthinkable happens? Because as someone who has personally lost people, um, my father's death was sudden. It was instant, heart attack, gone. We were not prepared to have to deal with the arrangements when you are in the midst of grief is really hard. Yeah. But what if he were to let people know the things that they might want to know ahead of time so that they're prepared for it? All these different things, give, leave them with a checklist of the things to have in order before that were to happen. When that unthinkable thing happens, who are they going to call in your town? Is it going to be you? the person who had educated them about this ahead of time and that they connected with, or are they going to go pick some other person? I, I, I'm going to date myself by saying out of the yellow pages, but let's say Google a local mortuary, you know, and, and funeral home. No, they're going to go with the person who helped them be prepared. Yeah. And they're all like dumbfounded, like, Oh, you're right. You're right. So I can't, I'm sure there is some industries that maybe it doesn't make sense, but I would have to say, most people, yeah. most people. I agree. Would, I agree with you. Like it. most, like I don't want to put like a percentage on it, but like yeah. a lot of businesses that can apply now. Even nowadays, it's with the online thing. Everything is online, so you you can find a way to do that. Yeah, you can educate people on certain things, like you mentioned the funeral home. It's who would who would think about that? But actually, it could it could really help some people actually. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so for example, if someone 
wants to be a guest or from your perspective want to start speaking or these kind of things what is the thing that should they niche down on their topic or should they go like all over the place and start looking everywhere they where they could be or whatever i recommend i recommend niching down uh you because especially in the digital world where we are establishing our name and what it's connected to. So if you are a subject matter expert, and let's face it, many of us can speak on a lot of different things. I could talk about type one diabetes and the science to look for it. So your kid doesn't have to be flown via helicopter into a children's hospital. Like I've experienced those kinds of things. Like I can talk about a lot of different things that I would like to, you know, because I want to educate the world and and I and I will and I have done a little bit of that, but it's not where I focus because I don't have a direct connection to my business per se. If you niche down, then you get to own that space with with enough uh, visibility out there. You, in essence, are establishing your name, yourself as a, a subject matter expert. And it's too easy to get distracted, not to mention the fact that you can confuse people. So if they see your name out there and you're talking about a wide variety of things that that to me just kind of helps dissipate what you've already done. Um, it also, especially in the podcast guessing world, because there's like millions of podcasts now. Yeah, it, it I mean, grew, grew a lot. You know, of, yeah. kids, kids do podcasting. You know, they do their home. Get, get them hooked up with Podbean, and you're all set. You, you, you want to make sure that you are connecting to your potential audience, your potential people, potential clients, or or at least who you want to get your message to. So you need to be really strategic in who you want to get in front of. And and the only way to really do that is to be really clear on what it is that you really want to share about. My business mentor, Katerina Rando, she talks about not so much who you can serve, but who are you called to serve? Oh, that's, that's and when you when you go about it from that viewpoint, right? I mean that that just changes everything because we hopefully are servants. We hopefully are coming from a space of blessing whoever it is that we're going to share our message with, but yeah. ultimately even our potential clients. So it's it really makes sense to really get clarity around that. Um, I find like one of the best ways to get clarity around your own business and business model and the direction you want to head in is to to come up with a one sheet for yourself as either a podcast guest or a speaker or both. Because when you have to define who you are and what you're about, it get, it helps you get clarity in your own business. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, definitely recommend niching down. Oh, cool. I love this one sheet idea. I will get back to it later. But let's okay. first let's first say that someone or speaker or a podcast guest wants to find certain hosts or do speaking engagement. Where what where where should they start? The first place to start is with your current clients. Ask them what groups and organizations they are a part of that brings in outside guests, speakers. So you point blank ask them. You 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 go and you communicate with them one by one and and just say, hey, 
I want to get more visibility to what I do. I want to do speaking or I want to do podcast guesting. And so I'm starting by finding out where my clients are. Mm. Can you tell me what meetings do you go to where they bring in outside speakers and what podcast do you listen to? So you start there by kind of polling your own clients and getting a sense for where they're showing up because that's those that's your demographic, right? Yeah. So you start there. Then the next thing you do is you reach out to your your sphere of influence, starting small with your family and friends and the people who know you best. And then you start reaching out to all your business uh, connections. Uh, You can reach out via LinkedIn, do private messages, you know, Facebook, et cetera. And you ask the same question. You can do a generic email out to everybody on your e-list if you have one and point blank, ask them, tell them, be, be, you know, people, people is surprising how much they're willing to help when you just really make clarity around the fact that this is what you want and that you're just asking for their recommendations and suggestions. If you can get them to introduce you to somebody that's even better, because then it's not a cold reach out to that group or that podcast. But many of them, they may be participants, but they don't have any connection to that host or who is uh, bringing the speakers in or someone like that. But at least you kind of have a a list to start with. So you start there by asking them, and then you just keep getting bigger with your circle. You share about it on social media. I'm looking to get booked to speak, and this is what I speak on. I'm looking to get booked on podcasts. This is what I love to discuss. Do you have any recommendations? So that's what I, you know, so start immediately with the clients, your smaller sphere of influence, bigger, 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 and then just branch out from there. Yeah, awesome. So like you mentioned earlier, the one sheet, does this one sheet includes, uh, like, of course, going to talk about the bio of the speaker or uh, guest, what are their expertise, certain things. So when you when you tell your clients that you want them to have a one sheet, what, what, what do you tell them to, in detail, to have in it? Okay. The most important thing is going to be your contact information. And believe it or not... <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I just saw a professional marketing company that shared a one sheet they created for the client that had no contact information. You're joking, right? No. And, and I was like, but his contact information is not on there. And they said, well, that's because it's, it's being attached to our email and and we're reaching out. So we don't really need to have it on. And I said, no, if it gets separated from that email Keeping in mind that oftentimes when someone is uh, tasked with booking a speaker, okay, they're they're the program chair, the meeting planner, whatever it might be, um, oftentimes they have other people they need to run potential speakers by. Or, or maybe it's a producer of a podcast as opposed to the host themselves. It is not uncommon for it to somehow get separated. So contact information how to reach you and book you is going to be really important. The key components to a really good one sheet is going to be your your bio, your topic or topics, your uh, if you are doing a podcast one sheet. So if a okay, you can do a combo one 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 sheet that would cover both podcasts and speaking. 
But if a person really wants to be strategic in doing both, I recommend having two Mm. because it is a little bit different between the speaker and the podcast one. So with any any of them, you're going to have your bio, you're going to have a headshot. Uh, If you have an action shot, you can show also of you actually with a microphone in your hand or maybe, you know, with you can't see me right now, but I've got my headset on. So I do look like I'm doing a podcast right instead of uh, speaking. Um, But, you know, the microphone, you kind of set it up so it looks like a podcast. If you have an action shot, that's great as well. The bio is the other mistake people make is that in their in their bio they go too much or or the bio is fine. I'm sorry. Let me, let me backtrack. The bio, you want to talk about why you are credible, like why you are qualified to be speaking on this subject, whatever it might mm. be. So what, why are you the happen- expert to talk about that? I'm sorry? So why are you the expert Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's to establish credibility right from the get go. So there's that. But then what happens that I see oftentimes is the testimonials that they add to the one sheet. Oftentimes people use testimonials about what they did for their clients. What you need to remember is that this is all about getting you booked. You're going to get the client's But after you do the talk, you're going to get the clients after you do the interview. So this is about getting you booked. So your testimonials are about you as a speaker or you as a podcast guest. And that's why it's helpful to have two different sheets because it is very different. The other thing you want to have is where you have spoken, where you have been interviewed on on previous podcasts. And one of the nice things is that because everything's digital now and we're all doing it, we're just sending a PDF off, you can continually change it. Back in the day when we had to print out speaker sheets, you know, and you print out a thousand to get them cheap and then you'd find that typo, you know, or you change your mind on your topic and you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to use all 1000 of them because I paid so much money for that. Now, easy peasy, you update it as you're, because you're not going to list every single place you've ever spoken. That would be crazy. That would take up, you know, if you're really doing it prolifically, that's going to take up a whole sheet. You want to pull out the groups and organizations that you have spoken to that are most in alignment with where you want to be booked. And same thing with the podcast guesting, where you've been interviewed, most in alignment with what types of shows you want to be booked on. So in the beginning, you know, we all have to start where we are. Okay. And, and, And there may be some of your listeners who haven't done this at all. They haven't been They haven't done one talk, they haven't done one podcast, and therefore they don't have testimonials and they don't have any places where they've spoken. Fine, go with what you've got, but have have your bio be really powerful and what you speak on or what you talk about be very powerful. But the moment you start getting some of those, you start adding them so that you're establishing your credibility as a speaker and or a podcast guest. So so main things just kind of summarize again. So you've got a, a photo professional, by the way. Okay. You are far better not having a podcast one sheet or a speaker one sheet that's done well than to do one that looks like you just threw it together in a Word document, or maybe you had your high schooler help you with it. Don't just don't just don't. Does mm-hmm. if it's, it's worth spending like, the like, money to have a like human, like you mentioned, it's now easy to create one, for example, with 
Canva, I think. So exactly. You, you yes. go there and create this one PDF size document. And I think now it's it already has like some templates already there for you. You can set up your image yep. and your bios and your previous experience, your previous sorry, yes. interviews and these kind of things. So it's easier, like you mentioned now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yep. let it me is. ask you about, for example, let's say the volume of the interviews that a guest or speaker should be looking at what do you think is the is there an optimal amount of interviews that someone can do on a day for example for a podcast or there's no optimal so maybe two more maybe 10 a day or whatever so what do you think about this show well as far as how many people how many how many interviews a person does in one day yeah your own capacity. I can't, I personally cannot do more than one a day because I have a lung condition. So like I put so much energy into this and same thing, but I do my, my speaker branding consulting. I make sure that I don't book any uh, calls, zooms or anything that same day, because when I do things like this, I tend to put a lot of energy into it and it wears my lungs out and I won't have a voice. Um, so some people, you know, they can talk to the cows come home and and it doesn't exhaust them. So it's really about your energy. We, we all have to gauge our energy very, very carefully. You and I, we're doing visual right now. Even if we were not, you would be able to pick up if my energy was waning. So it's really yeah. important that a person be able to be fully up on it. The other thing that could happen, I don't know about other people, but you could start to easily confuse what you have and have not already said. Because if you are into your third interview of the day, you may change what you're saying because you can't remember, did I say that already? Or did I just think that I said that? So I personally would not recommend more than one a day myself. Yeah. Totally up to the person though. Yeah, you uh, you have to check up with yourself and see maybe the optimal, maybe one, two, three maximum could could be best for you maybe one especially especially in the beginning when you are getting let's say <clears throat> the groove of it yes you get used yes, to it yes. and you have more podcasts or more speak engagement with time you with time you will definitely get better so so it will be easier to do that and you you, you will know your limit i think yeah uh, definitely and, and and speaking also is different to me it's different than podcast guesting yeah. So podcast guesting is a uh, very com- it's conversation. It, I love this. You know, if I, if I didn't have the issue with my lungs and my voice, I could do this all day because I love talking and I love talking and learning from other people, etc. cetera. Uh, speaking for me is very different because it, you have the, the certain key things that, you know, you need to cover and you've got a, a time limit, like all these, these pressures. And I tend to have an, outer body experience when I speak. So when I start speaking, I'm gone. I'm just gone. I, I thankfully record my talks, which by the way, handy dandy little tip for anybody who is using speaking to grow their business, always record it. Like literally I will take my phone and I will just use my, my notes and I have it off to the side listening to myself because then if it's an in-person, I literally listen in the car on the way home. 
or if it's virtual, I listen to it afterwards because you want to, while it's fresh in your mind, hear what you sounded like. And then you upgrade the next time you do the talk. So you're catching what you did or didn't like, or you might tweak how you present something. And that's one of the best ways to do it. For me also, because I have an outer body experience and I don't remember most of what I said, having the recording is very, very helpful. So Mm. I definitely would not be able to do more than one talk a day. Mm. So you you have to check up with yourself and see... Yeah, when when person. when your energy when when the it's about like you mentioned it's about energy so you have to see your energy and don't push it over the limit and be an optimal place for to speak or to be a guest on a podcast or as a speaking engagement right yes so absolutely. so yeah so uh, do we need virtual assistants to help us with. Uh, with with the guest does 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 anyone do i i me personally i don't have uh, any assistance i do everything myself so do you think i need a virtual assistant book <laughs> for booking it depends is finding proposing yourself wrapping up all the details is that the highest and best use of your time me personally yeah you mean looking for guests for my podcast? No, 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 no. I'm for you to be on other podcasts. So what everybody needs to look at, it's mm. it comes back to that e-myth mentality. Mm. Is it the highest and best use of your time? For to me be to be a guest finding another. talks. Yeah. For yeah. me, for me now, actually, I some some people have have asked me to do so, but I didn't see the benefit, at least for this time at this moment. But maybe right. in the future or near future, when I think it could be good for me and for my time, and I have more time to be a guest instead of the host. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, when you have your own podcast, organically, you get invited to be on podcasts. Yeah. So for all your listeners who do not have their own show, they may organically be invited to enough shows that that's good for them. But for those that want to be strategic, like there are so many people that I know that they're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be doing podcast guesting and and 2022 is the year where I'm going to go full out. I want to have 52 podcasts booked, interviews done by the end of 2022. When a person makes that decision and they are you know, on fire and they want to make it happen, that's a lot of work. Yeah. to find all those places to get booked it's, and and do the tangible work from all of that, the grunt work, if you will. So the people, if they're deciding whether they want to hire a VA or an agency such as mine, or there's a lot of other podcast booking agencies, I specialize in the speaking agency part. I specialize in booking platform marketing speakers, people who are speaking for free to grow their business. Mm. So people pay me to book them to speak for free, but they pull my fees out of their speaker budget because they know it's a brilliant marketing tool. So when the podcast, that world, that speaking world, there are not many people that do what I do because it breaks the traditional speaker agency model. Normally they take 20 to 30% of the speaker fee they get on behalf of their client. So in that world, I don't, I don't have many other people that are doing this podcast booking world. 
there's a lot of podcast booking agencies and yeah. some of them are like really good. They've been around for a long time. You, I'm sure, get approached by some of them. Every one of them I'm finding are very different in how they go about it. I know what we do completely different than than others. We 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 charge by booking, you know, on production only. And it's something that the our client has actually pre-approved before we even propose them to that show. So they're only paying to get booked on shows that they want to get booked on, not paying a, a monthly fee or package fee or anything like that. But we also don't do all the marketing for them. You know, so everybody's different in what they yeah. offer. So I say that there's definitely, I have turned off everything. Sorry. I I have podcast notes to turn everything off and somehow I missed that. Um, note to self, by the way, and everybody else. Make sure before you get interviewed for anything that you take care of all potential sounds, you shut off notifications on your computer. I take the dog collars off my dogs so they aren't making noise. I pick up every dog toy that makes noise. I close my blinds so that the dogs, their window to the world is closed so they do not see the squirrels that are digging and planting acorns in my flower boxes. I do the best I can to keep a clean environment for you, Hussein. And I forgot my alarm. Mm. That's okay. okay. <laughs> so do as I say, not as I do. Okay. No, actually I did that just to demonstrate it for y'all. So you mm. got to see what that's like. Okay. So I don't even know what I was talking about, but <laughs> so tell us about exactly. I, so, you, so yes, some people yeah. want to do it. We'll, we'll want, we'll want the support to have somebody else do the grunt work for you. Others, you don't need to. This is not rocket science. You know, people do this. They book their own all the time. It's just, is it the best use of your time? That's just what you got to look at. And at least in the speaker world, there is a cachet to being represented by an agent when a group is reached out to and they don't have a speaker budget. <clears throat> so they're like, whoa, this person must be really professional because they've got an agent. Um, not, that that's not doesn't have quite as much weight when it comes to the podcast bookings, but there is weight. And people who are doing this, they also have a black book. Like we have a black book mm. of groups that that trust us. They will book speaker after speaker with us because they know it would be the kiss of death to my business if we represented somebody that wasn't a good fit. Same thing with the podcast bookings. We're very particular. Uh, all of our clients are very carefully vetted. So there, there's some benefit to us being able to get people in more easily than reaching out themselves. And we have a streamlined system for keeping in touch. We, we're pretty tenacious and we kind of dig in like an Alabama tick until we either get a, a, a yes or a no or maybe later. Um, sometimes we have to cut bait, you know, because they, we just cannot hear back from people, but but we we do our best for our clients. And I know that there are a lot of other people that offer similar services. So I mm. highly recommend it. Not it doesn't have to be mine, but the support <laughs> the, can be helpful. Okay, so let us give the the people who have never been a guest or start the podcast. Do you think should they start looking for themselves to either start a podcast or be a guest, or should they like look for people or agencies like yourself to start guesting and speaking engagement? What I would do, do both. Mm. I would do both. Uh, you know, because, well, 
I don't know about other agencies, but I know for us, we don't ask for exclusivity. We have no problem if somebody signs on with multiple agencies, uh, as well as are out there booking themselves. When, when we work with clients, if they don't have to have a one sheet to work with us because we set up their profile in our site and we, we direct our potential groups or shows directly to their profile, but if they do have a one sheet, in order for us to use it, we need an agency version because it needs to point people to us. So, you know, to book this, you know, so-and-so contact their agent and then, and then we have our contact information in there. But then I always say, have your own. So even, even people who have signed on with me didn't have a one sheet, I encourage them to get a one sheet. And, and I have someone that I, I work a lot with that knows the way I like to have one sheets created. Um, but I will always say, but you know, don't just get an agency version for us. Get one that has your contact information mm-hmm. because you're going to be meeting people you know, sharing about things yourself, you know, you don't have to send them through us. Some of our clients do. Some of them, they don't want to deal with it. So if somebody says, hey, I'd like to have you speak, then they'll say, great, I'm going to have my agent contact you. And then they they send the lead off to me and, and I take care of it. Um, others, they're happy to take it themselves. So people, you know, can do both. The, the main thing is to just get started. You know, people too often put off the growth, put off the opportunities, put everything off because they feel like they have to have it perfect, Yeah, you know, and, and how do we get better if we don't do it? You know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about those 10,000 hours towards mastery. Uh, you know, if you put five hours in, you're better than you were at the first hour, you know, so we start small, but we, but we be consistent and we just do it. We make a commitment this is what I'm going to do. Mm. I, I'm going to use this strategically and I'm just going to get out there. Even though I have, I don't have a single podcast under my belt. I, if I reach out to this podcast and they don't know me from Adam or Eve, you know, and I can't, I don't have this whole long list of places I've, I've been interviewed on, but, but if I am sincere, if I am coming from a space of integrity and I really know my subject, they might take a chance on me, yeah. you know, and, and, and this is where having a professional image is important because again, if you've got a one sheet that it looks like you just whipped it together um, as opposed to having one professionally done or, or using some like Canva, but even then you still have to do a pretty good job, even within Canva. Believe me, I've done some really crappy things on Canva. So you you want to make sure that you're representing yourself really well. Yeah. So be seen, you know, um, just embrace yourself, believe in yourself. I, I, I just can't stress that enough about your own mindset. If you have value to bring, if you have a message that's of value, have confidence that when you're reaching out, that, that they're going to be blessed by having you share that. Yeah. But don't have attachment to the answer. Oh my gosh. So many shows will not respond or, or they're going to say no. Mm. <laughs> and that's that. Um, but I, I would say one of the best things you can possibly do before reaching out to someone is to learn about their show, learn about the group or the meeting and make sure that you personalize your proposal 
Because if you are just going to take your one sheet and you have a generic email and you send it out to tons of shows, they're going to know, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to offer yourself to something that you're not a good fit for. Listen to it. Listen to at, at least 10 minutes of a couple of the shows, but ideally listen until the very end as well, because then you really get a sense for what that host is like. Also, they might have that surprise question at the end that they ask every client or every every interviewee, like what's your favorite ice cream or whatever, something really complicated, like, I don't know, be prepared. If you listen to the end, you're going to know, you're going to have that answer down before they interview you. But when you are offering yourself, you can say, "I, I really feel I'm a good fit for your show because I have this expertise. I talk about this. And I especially resonated with Sally Jones on episode 239 when she was saying this, because I also talk about this, but from a very different viewpoint, because I come at it from this angle or something Mm -hmm. like that. The host, you know this, you don't you want people who you know that they at least took the time to learn something about you and your show and, and, and what you're about. Exactly. So you're going to greatly increase your chances if you personalize your proposal to that potential group or show. Exactly. It's, it's very important. And especially if you're just starting out, because it's, it's hard. It's like getting a job when you're 16 years old and nobody <laughs> wants to hire you because you don't have experience, right? Well, how <laughs> no, do I no, get experience? No, no, no. It's, it's not the 16 years old. It's the people who graduated university and colleges. Oh, yes. Yes. They're saying, oh, we need an experience. How I am going to get experience when I, you know, nobody's hiring me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes you want to sing like, Mama, we take a chance on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so let me ask you, but we are talking about podcast kissing and speaking. Sometimes there is like uh, fear, I think, especially if you are talking about speaking. If we, when we are talking about speaking, it could be in front of people, a lot of people. So do you think that people who could be I don't want to say afraid, but they are actually. So do you think they can start at ease with podcasting maybe? Is, yes. it, is it a better way to do that? I I think podcast guesting is a brilliant way to launch a speaking career or or launch a, 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 a tactical speaking, you know, to grow your business plan. There's there's something about being able to just dialogue with someone and also it helps you get your material down because the conversations that we have with people, if you, again, record it, okay, now this is being recorded, so I get to hear the end result, okay, but, you know, if you're doing a talk and, and someone just invited you and you're not sure, you know, you haven't been doing a lot of it, again, record it, because this is how you add more to your talk, and you know what the key points are, what's of most interest, um, if it's a show where they allow people to do comments and things like that, you pay attention to what people are asking because that's how you can kind of build your your talk, your signature talk, if you will. And and the best thing to do to get over the fear is just flipping do it. Yeah. You know, and and that's you know I don't say it's easy for me to say because I will be completely honest. Um, I would rather chew glass than to speak. I really I. And I don't like to share that often because I'm a speaker's agent and I'm telling everyone that they should be 
speaking to grow their business. Who doesn't do that? Me, because I really don't like to speak. But I do it because I believe in what I have to say. And if I can help one person grow their business through speaking because of something I've shared, if I can help one person who's going to get a really powerful message out there that might change someone else's life, because that's another reason why I do this. Like for my clients, I believe in the message every one of them share. I can help them get that message out to more people. I can help more people improve their memory when I book Chester Santos, International Man of Memory. I can help more people change their self-talk when I book Stephen Campbell, who talks about, you know, our mind and and our the fact that our brain believes everything we tell, like all these different things that my, my clients speak on. I can... I can help more people get that message. And that makes me feel like I'm making a difference in the world. So when a person has their own message that they feel can make a difference in the world, we come back to that fact that I feel like it's a disservice to not be out there and share it, Uh, but get support around it. Toastmasters is amazing, especially for people that are struggling with the comfort level of speaking. Uh, You can join the National Speakers Association, another great organization to help people with their speaking. And that's really more for people that want to be professionally paid speakers or really be strategic with their speaking. Um, You can hire a a coach to help you with it. You can just attend all kinds of there's so many free things out there on the Internet. Now, you just Mm. go to YouTube for support as a speaker or podcast guest. There's a gazillion things out there, but just do it. Definitely. So because because ultimately success comes from the things that we actually fear, I think. So <laughs> a lot of it because, yeah, people are stuck in these certain places because they are not willing to go the extra step to change things, mm. to get more business or to get more growth or to get more money or whatever it is that they yeah. want. Yeah. So speaking of this last question, but this is not the last one, actually. So what do you, speaking of resources, do you think there are, let's say, books, good books on on being a good speaker or a good podcast guest? Yes. Actually, I'm going to give a plug for someone that people might think is a competitor. Um, Thomas Schwab just came out with this book podcast guest profits, uh, grow your business with a targeted interview strategy. It's great. It's, I, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Um, there are, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, first off, I do have a resources page on my site. So if someone goes to my site, accessspeakers.biz, super easy. Uh, I've got a more tab. And then in there, I've got a resources page. Within that, I do have some books that I do recommend. They're out there. There's there's video tutorials. Um, There's a gal, uh, Ready Entrepreneur, I believe, is the podcast, Case Lane. She has a series. I want to say it's her podcast, like number 92 to 97, something like that. It's just a series of being a podcast guest that I thought was fantastic. Um, Some, there there are a lot of people who book people on podcasts that do trainings. 
mm-hmm. and and have content out there. Uh, if you find Thomas Schwab from Interview Valet, I know he does stuff LinkedIn Lives all the time, where you can learn more about that. There are Facebook groups, there are LinkedIn groups, there are uh, podcast collab club that you and I were talking about before we we hit record. Um, I really like what this gal's doing, and you can connect with other podcast guests as well as podcasters. But you just learn from each other, yeah, and yeah. and and use common sense. Just use common sense. If you are promoting yourself to a podcast host, just try to imagine yourself as a podcast host. What would you want someone to send to you? You know, it's common sense. How would you want them to treat the relationship? I'll tell you one of the best ways to be the type of podcast guest that gets invited back or gets referred to other shows because podcasters, you all y'all know each other. Podcasters, no podcasters. Okay, so don't be one of those people that the podcast host says, yes, I'm, I'm interested. Please send me, you know, this, this, this. And then they have to ask you again. Come on, you know, value their time. Mm. Make sure that when you are being interviewed that you're, you're giving full value because everyone who is listening, even right now to what I'm saying, I'm, I'm doing my very best to make certain that anything that I say is going to be of value to you because I don't want you to be at the end of it. Like if you're like me, I will stay through the end of a bad movie just because I've got to see how, how the end is, no matter how terrible it is. I don't want that to happen where somebody's just sticking it out to see if there's something at the end where I redeemed myself. You know, I want them to be getting value the entire time. So just be thinking about that when you're doing the interview and how can you bless your host? So you will, it's funny, like I'm talking about things that I'm going to be doing. So I will, I need your snail mail address, by the way. <laughs> um, I send a, a private handwritten thank you note to every show that I'm on. If I do a talk, I handwrite a thank you note to the person that booked me, that that speaker mm. chair, that that meeting planner, whatever. I also, by the way, will always say, do you know of any other groups or organizations or podcasters that you think I'd be a good fit for? Mm. Okay. So this is this is how you build this and you get more referrals. And, and in a genuine way, I'm not pitching myself. I'm genuinely asking, but but you want to do this and still bless the other person. The other thing is that I will, oh, that reminds me. Can we take a quick picture? Do you mind if I share one socially between of you and I? Yeah. How, how are we going to do that? <laughs> so, no, no, no. I'm just going to do a screenshot. <laughs> okay. So just smile. <laughs> okay. So screenshot taken. What I will do is I will be sharing my screenshot socially and thanking you for being such a great host because you have been. Thank you. And and I am going to tag you and I'm going to encourage people to check out your show, to subscribe, to rate it, okay? And I'm going to say and my interview is coming out. I'll let you know when it's out. Now, if you give me an idea, you know, if it's going to be June or whatever, you give me a general idea that I will put that in the in the show, you know, in my comment, but I'm going to start getting you visibility because i know 
that that ultimately at the end of the day, what you want is you want to be of value to your listeners. Yes. You want to increase your subscriber list. Your, you want to increase your downloads, your ratings and reviews, right? So how can I, as your guest, help you with that? Well, I can help you through encouraging people that I have some influence over my social sphere, encouraging them to check out your show. So I'll do it before it's even been aired. And Ooh, then well, after it's aired, can you get me the link? I'm sorry? I mean, that's that's what you said is a great gesture of someone who's being and being collaborative and engaged. Yes, yes. Having having actually knowing knowing the business or the podcasting or the speaking let's say atmosphere yeah yeah absolutely it's just you know the golden rule do unto others okay and just be nice so if i can help get you visibility you you are probably going to remember me and and when you have networking or you meet with another podcaster or whatever and there's they're saying something that you I might come to your mind and you might be like, oh my gosh, you got to check out Anastasia because not only was she a great guest on my show and gave a lot of value, but she also shared it socially, you know, because you all want that. Yeah, yeah. I would, if I was a host, I would want that. You, so, you actually should get your own show, actually. No, 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 no. I don't want to do the work you do. <laughs> so no, 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 no. Uh-uh. no. This is this is this is like for me. No, I, I will be a guest. I have no interest whatsoever okay. in doing my own show. I encourage people to, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> okay, so give us give us the last takeaway for this episode, Anastasia. Uh, let's see. Last takeaway. Let's let's talk speaking, even even within podcast guesting, but especially with speaking. One of the things I like to remind people of is that you don't have to be perfect. And it kind of comes back to this idea of 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 people holding off yeah. from opportunities because they are uncomfortable. Uh, they feel like they they're not a good speaker or or whatever it might be. One thing I love is that we can be authentic now. If there, there's been a lot of really great things that have come as a result of this pandemic. One of the things that I've seen is the authenticity that people are allowing into their lives and, and feel comfortable in being more authentic before than before. Because, you know, we've all seen, you know, live BBC news coverage with the guy talking and the kids come running in and the wife's coming in and grabbing the kids or people's cats are walking across their desk or, you know, God knows what, all these things have allowed us to be more authentic because we're in this together, right? Mm. So we can be authentic when you are speaking. If you totally flub things, just so what? Just yeah. say, I can't believe I just said that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Speaking for myself, talking about that, when I started this, I published certain episodes by myself. And when I wanted to have guests in the show, if I am looking back, I'm, I now have interviewed so far, I think more than 50, I think maybe 75 until now. And wow. they are coming every week. So when I look back at the first episode, it's totally different when it's like after the 10th episode. It's different. Absolutely. From, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's, it's it's the mastery. It's the mastery yeah, that comes with it. Yeah, it's different now. And in in a year of time, it's going to be even 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 better. I hope so. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be better too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need time. You need to practice. You need to do it. And the best way to practice is to actually do the thing. Just do the thing. Don't worry. Be authentic. If if you flub your words, just laugh it off and say, I can't believe I just said that or reverse that. I meant to say just the opposite. Be yourself. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing is keep in mind, you know, we watch movies and I'm one of those people that that when I go to the theater, I stay to the very end, drives my family nuts. But I do. And I've seen so many things that nobody else in the theater sees because they all walk out and that they have some other little bloopers or some dedication or something. But we've all seen bloopers from movies. And these are professional actors professional this is what they do for a living and they flub their lines over and over and over again the only difference between them and us is they get to have a director that says cut retake take 239 right we don't get that in life because we're on a stage or we're doing a live zoom we don't get that retake so we just have to accept the fact that they are not perfect we are not perfect just be ourselves and know that we have value exactly. and and we have a message and we need to get it out, whatever it might be. And it's okay to say, don't ever start saying I'm nervous, by the way. That's one of the, they'll teach you that in all professional speaking. Don't tell them you're nervous <laughs> at all uh, because then then you really look like a, a schmo who's not a pro. Then you start you want to do, splitting. Yeah, just, just, but just know that, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, Yeah. So what I meant to say was this, or I just had an outer body experience. Let me come back and let me try to pick up where I think I left off. You know, whatever. Just be honest. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But the next you mentioned the movies, the problem is that people sometimes see the after they don't see the actual things. They always see the edited stuff. Exactly. Yeah. They need to, like you mentioned, it's time for for all to be authentic as possible. And uh, yeah. I, I do I, I do love sometimes watch the bloopers of the movies. Actually, a lot of the people who are watching them, especially the comedic ones, the comedic movies. Yeah. If you watch the bloopers, actually, they are better than <laughs> the movie. I know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, but they cut it out because it's it's not maybe in the flow of the episode or it's not in the flow of the movie itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So awesome episode, Anastasia. So tell us where can people get in touch with you? Uh, well, easiest, just go to my website. It's just accessspeakers.biz. My email address is just my first name in front of it. Uh, by the way, little pro tip, y'all have a branded email. Don't be, you know, suzyq at gmail.com because that does not speak professional to the world. Okay have a branded email, but in particular, if you have a website, let the back part of your email be your web address. So people already know what your website is just by knowing your email address. So um, one thing that I would say is if anybody's interested, I do a monthly free virtual Q&A. It's a chance to pick the brain of a speaker's agent and ask questions. It's different every month. I never know what people are going to ask. It is not a pitch fest. I don't do that, um, but it's just full value and it's a lot of fun. So I do have links to all that. If you just go to my site, everything's there. 
And I do have a resources page. I'm adding more to it every every month. I keep finding more resources that I can put in there. Um, but more than anything, I just want to encourage people to get out there and do it. And just yeah. don't yeah. wait until it's perfect and you you feel like you're ready. Just fear the feel the fear and do it. Yeah. And and those who maybe it's not fear that's stopping them, but they just don't have the time. I get that. Then, then hire a VA or somebody to help you. But, but it really is a powerful way to gain visibility. And from an SEO perspective or Google Juice, it's off the charts now because everything's digital. So the more your name is out there, you know, in that in the great Ethernet, it's just going to help you be found when people mm-hmm. are looking for whatever your subject matter is. Definitely. Well, thank you with much gratitude for this episode. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you. Thank you, Hussein. I so appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to sharing about it socially and um, being able to hear it and letting other people hear it as well. So I appreciate everything that you do because, like I said, I I have no interest in being a host. It's a lot of work. So <laughs> thanks for doing the, doing the hard work for the rest of us. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.